Welcome to the Clive Holland Show on Fix Radio, across the nation on DAB, with a special podcast, uh, with a very special guest again today on the Clive Meets Guests. Uh, this man, I have to say, uh, is, is very well known to everyone who's a big fan of DIYOS, DIYOS, DIYSOS, uh, and uh, I'm sure you'll recognise his voice as well. When we introduce, um, he's... He, Oh, he, he's, he's the sausage. That's his, that's his favourite uh, catchphrase. Uh, he's also known as the Prince of Darkness. We'll get into that as well, somewhere along the line. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Fix Radio, the magnificent, the brilliant, Billy Bird. <laughs> Billy, we're very privileged, you know that. You are you are television royalty, you realise that, in terms of, obviously we're a construction radio station, uh, and you're involved in uh, the electrical side of things, of course, uh, with DIY SOS. And uh, when we when we think about DIY SOS for a start, uh, 32 series. Is that right? 32. 23 years, 32 series. And thank you for that lovely build-up for the introduction. Mate, great. people love you. You know that. that that's the thing. They, you are a legend. You're so loved, right? You're so humble, but you are so loved. As, as, as somebody on the box, and they always look forward to seeing you. And any time I mention DIY SOS, I'm afraid, whether you like it or not, it's always you that comes to the forefront name-wise. So there you go. Uh, you are you are a, a part of the foundation of DIY SOS, and we're talking about that in terms of 242 episodes. 200, can, you, can you believe that, first of all, 242 episodes? That's amazing, um, Feep. The thing was, when we first started, we were just um, there. We it was three days. We got in, got out, worked eighteen hours a day. Got in and out. We didn't realise it was going to carry on, and then all of a sudden it went to five days because health and safety. You're not allowed to work all them hours, which is right. It went to five days, and it just picked up. I think because of the variety of people we had on it. Nick is a brilliant leader. Chris, Jules, and then it was Bob, and then me, and. Um, we gelled. It was great. But the, the thing is, they were only 29 when they started. I was 49. So now they have just reached my age. When you started. When I started, yeah. Which is incredible, isn't it? Now, talking about when you started, but we'll get back to DIY SOS in a second or two. I need to go back to Billy the schoolboy, uh, 14, 15, 16. Did you know... What industry you were going to go into? Did it did it fall into place for you? Did you get because obviously back in the day and and I, and I remember that well um, that you had options at school. You could do woodwork, you could do metal work, you could work with engines and all sorts of things. What were your options? Where did you really want to go? Uh, to be honest, I wanted to be a footballer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like all of us. Yeah, so we always wanted to be a footballer. So you, were you a good level footballer? Did you play I, for school? I, I played for um, Tottenham youth team in wow. the South East Counties and on my debut I scored the winning goal against Millwall. And um, the only guy that's got a record that is my long-term best mate, Johnny Gilroy, who was at Tottenham for five years as a, profes a professional. But obviously there is so many kids out there yeah. who want to be footballers and you have to work hard and be very special. So as a backup, I needed an apprenticeship. I started at a big uh, plastic division of ICI and uh, I missed the um, allotment of being a, a, um, an apprentice. So I went left ICI, I went down to um, the Labour Exchange and I just said, 
I need an apprenticeship. I don't mind what apprenticeship it is, I need an apprenticeship. Just had it in my head. Lucky enough, there was an apprenticeship going in Hatfield uh, to a man Robinson's. So I went over on my scooter, had an interview. All he asked me was maths question, and that was it. I got the job, and I started the following week. As When you think about that, a maths question, oh, this is very different to today, but an apprentice as what? I was an electrician. As an electrician. Oh, didn't so, I say that? Yeah, so that's where... Now, talking uh, talking of your love of Spurs, you've got a massive love of Spurs, we realise that, and the fact that you played for the youth team as well is quite brilliant. Uh, now, just a little special treat. Um, if, if you think about this, like, this guy uh, that's, that's on the line right now that's going to be speaking to you, Right, oh, there's a little gosh. special treat. All right, um, he was capped three times for England. He played for Sunderland, Man City, and Liverpool. Made his debut for Spurs on the first of October 1988. But he did score the opening goal in the 1991 Cup final against Forest. Do you know who that is? That's Forest. That's when um, yeah, Gazza did his ACL. Got injured. Um, Clive Allen. Well, I'm going to tell you because he's so, on the line yeah. right now. We're really, Sorry. we're really chuffed that he spared the time to come and have a chat with the legendary uh, Billy Byrne. It's Paul Stewart. Paul, welcome Paul to Stewart. the Clive Holland Show. <laughs> Thanks very much. Thank you. You all right, Billy? Hi, Paul. <laughs> you um, were never going to get that, was you? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm, 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 I mean, Man City and then Tottenham and the other places played. Yeah. Liverpool, Sunderland as well. Wow, that's a that's a great. Um, period of your time yeah. playing for great clubs yeah like that. well I, I had a, i had a great time at spurs i mean we were uh, we were a lively bunch really but uh, you know we we when we were on our day we could we could turn anyone over but uh, it wasn't often enough to win the uh, title but uh, it was very enjoyable some great players with chris waddle and gaza and paul allen and gary mabbott they were uh, they were good times what was terry venables like as a manager he was brilliant, you know. I mean, he was—he he never lost his head. Uh, he would always pull you to one side, you know. I know back then you had a lot of managers that would scream and shout and throw boots and tea and coffee around the changing rooms, but uh, Terry was never like that. He was always cool, calm and collected. And I think, certainly for me anyway, when, when he was managing and certainly coaching, because he did all the coaching, it was just interesting every day. You know, sometimes it can get monotonous in a way that you're doing the same thing every day. Um, but what Terry did, he'd been at Barcelona, he came over and he, he put his own style on it. And uh, it was just enjoyable to go into training every day. And I think that's what stood out for me. Paul, do you remember um, Terry Venerable's first game? It was a League Cup his match. first game. I, I don't, he, he would have, see, because he signed me, so I don't know when ah. he took over. Well, his first game after we got him from Barcelona, he, um, it was Port Vale, and they turned us over. Really? <laughs> they beat us in the cup, yeah. Yeah, that was his first game for Tottenham as a manager. It's interesting. Oh, uh, 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 Paul, I'd love to know as well, you scored the opener right. against Forest. There's a couple of features in that yeah. game. Obviously, we all remember yeah. Gaza's ACL with that crazy challenge. Yeah. Uh, but what was it like to score? What was it like to score at Wembley? Well, do you know what? I suppose back then the FA Cup was a coveted trophy, wasn't it? And it was something that everybody wanted to win. And as a schoolboy, when you're growing up, 
you're watching it on TV, you know, because it was the whole day and it was it was boyhood dreams really. And then and then to to go out there and score a goal in front of a full stadium and, and moreover go on and win the win the trophy. It was just you know it was just amazing and I probably can't put it into words how amazing it was really. Well, Paul, once you've done something like that, it's it's what you've aimed for. It's being a child at school, going to be an apprentice as a footballer, and your dream. Yeah. Your dream is the FA Cup. Another dream, obviously, yeah. is to play for England and um, yeah. captain. But to win the FA Cup is an amazing feat, you know, and it's yeah. right up there. And I still believe yeah. the FA Cup is the best FA FA trophy throughout all of the world hmm. of whatever the um, local FA Cups are in um, it, well, right. Italy, France, Germany and Spain, you know. It's just hmm. got that special ring about it. And we yeah, gave, and we the, gave the world football anyway, so stuff them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, yeah think, so... I think you're right, Billy, you know. Um, the FA Cup is special. I do wish teams, you know, would would treat it as such. I mean, everybody looks forward to cup final day, we used to call it, didn't we? And uh, it was, like I say, it was from morning when you had breakfast, the cameras followed you everywhere. And we used to watch it as kids and just think, oh, one day I'd love to be able to do that. And I agree with you, it's a special, special trophy. And, and you know, I'm, I'm privileged and honoured to have been able to play in one with, with Spurs and go on and win it. It's, it really is a privilege. So what do you think about this season then, Billy? This what season? Really? Yeah. Um, I'm sad. <laughs> I am sad. Yeah. I think yeah. we have got the players, but it seems very yeah. negative at the moment. I was at um, the Lisbon game, and um, sporting yeah. Lisbon game, and I went out and I watched the first half, and I just want us to attack. I just don't want Loris yeah. to have the ball, pass it to his left back and then his right back. Within the six yard yeah. back, we people are just yeah. pressing us, pressing us. We need to extend our football. Let's play football. Let's go on the front foot. Not think, oh, yeah. I don't want to give it away. It's, it's, it's like a grenade. I don't want it. Don't it's give a, me it. I'll give it to someone else. Yeah, it's a tough watch at the minute, isn't it? It's hard to uh, it's hard to see what pattern we're playing. I think we're 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 we're, we're wanting at the back. You know, we're going to concede goals unless we tighten up. And it's like I say, it's, uh, it's a difficult watch at the moment because you don't know which Spurs are turning up. And I don't really understand this, how, you know, they've been in the second half been able to, to come come on the game uh, well, when they've already already went down a couple of goals. It's just not, you know, football. You don't win things by, by doing that, do you? No, but the thing is, if, if a team 2-0 up, uh, they sort of might try and hold on to that. And that gives us uh, mm. a chance to go forward with Kulichesti, Bendekar. We have got the players. I think we mm. need someone else with Romero, another solid centre-half. And um, yeah, definitely. we've got the full-backs, but he seems um, reluctant to play some of the boys we've bought or we've bought for we just him. Acquired one, we? we just acquired one from under the nose of somebody, didn't we, uh, uh, on the right side in the transfer window. I'm sure we just, he was at another club and then I think he was at Everton and ended up uh, signing for us till the end of the season. And I think he's playing as one of the wing-backs. His name escapes me at the moment, Billy, but I'm sure it's only over the last 10 days that he's, he's come in. So, 
we were going to get the, yeah, the, the lad from um, Brighton, the um, forward from Brighton, and um, yeah. Levy want oh, I can't say Levy wanted to haggle over twenty one million pound, yeah. and um, I believe he's gone to Arsenal. Yeah, is that was that Trossard? Trossard, he's gone yeah. to Arsenal. Yeah, right under your noses. Uh, last two questions, guys, because I know you're busy, Paul. Uh, no but, worries. But first of all, between the pair of you, do you think Kane? It will stay. You obviously need him. Do you think he'll stay? Yeah. I, yeah, would, I, think he'll I, stay. I would love him to stay because who he is and what he's done for Tottenham. Mm. But if he did leave, he'd have my support because he has been, for the last eight, nine years, a go-to person. He makes the goals. Yeah. He scores the goals. The trouble is, when he's in the midfield, he looks up and you're looking for Kane in the box and yeah. he's got the ball at his feet, you know? Nobody there. <laughs> Uh, and I think also, also when you look at his career, I mean, I'd, I'd still love him to stay, but he doesn't want to finish career without uh, without a trophy. You know, I think Alan Shearer was one that you know stayed at Newcastle for so long, but ended up really no silverware. And I think I think Harry deserves some some silverware along the way because of the because of what he's done for Tottenham. Exactly what you said, Billy. Yeah, he's an amazing man, amazing man, and a lovely man. You know, feet on the yeah. ground. He hasn't like I am Kane. I'm the best. Here. He's actually every mm. player can feed off him, and um, he's mm. a remarkable man. And any young footballers or any young apprentices footballers, good role model. Just look at him and think, wow, what a wonderful person he is. Um, just finally, then, boys, where do you think they're going to end up? Give, give us a league table position. Do you think they'll go I top four? Well, I we... don't think we're going to do it. I don't think we're going to do it. And, uh, you know, it disappoints me to say. I mean, you look at top four now and people see it as success. But I just don't think we've got we've got enough in the tank to do so. And it would be a nightmare because the last thing I want to see is the Gooners win the league and us not going to win the top four. That would, that, that would be my worst season ever. <laughs> Yeah. I, 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 a little story is worth 1977 when our Pat Jennings went to Arsenal. Remember that? Pat Jennings yeah. went to Arsenal. Oh, dear me. That was that, that was um, a hard one to take. Yeah. But it's just yeah. like Kane now. Pat Jennings was a brilliant, brilliant, loyal player. And we bought Alexis from Luton and Pat Jennings was going to go to Ipswich, but he went to Arsenal instead. But that was a that was his move because we were getting rid of him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Unlike Sol Campbell, we won't go there, though. No, uh, we, we, won't. we definitely <laughs> won't go there. Uh, listen, boys, uh, thanks, my, uh, Paul. We really do appreciate you sparing the time, my friend. My pleasure. Uh, what are you up to these my days? Pleasure. Just out of interest, I do a lot of safeguarding work. I, I go around the EFL clubs and talk to the young boys uh, in the, the scholars in the academy and the coaches and the parents and just. Make them aware of the, uh, you know, the dangers that can be out there, and hopefully educate them a little bit about what what they might face as they uh, as they take this career path. And hopefully, uh, you know, with my background, it uh, it gives them a little bit of a leg up and and, and makes them aware that they're. Uh, you know, they've got a good good opportunity, and just to make the most of it. It's a really important job. Uh, Paul, for sure. Uh, again, thank you so much just, for sparing time. Just one thing, on, Paul. In the semi-finals, though, we lost to Nottingham Forest. Did we beat Arsenal in the semi-finals that year? Yeah, yeah. That was Gaza's free kick. At, at Wembley, weren't it? 
remember that. Yeah. And Gazza scored that. Final at Wembley. Exactly, and we beat Wembley. Arsenal. <laughs> The Gooners are getting a kick in on this show, uh, yeah. and rightly so. Uh, listen, to, uh, thank you, thank you very much, Paul, uh, for your time, and uh, hopefully Enjoy we'll, we'll speak again show. too. Yeah, thank you, mate. God bless, Paul. Take care. Uh, that's, that's the brilliant Paul Stewart there. Uh, just as a little bit of a surprise uh, for young Billy. Uh, you listen to Clive Holland on Fix Radio, the builder's station uh, across the nation on DAB. Uh, we've got a special podcast going on now uh, with, of course, Billy Byrne from DIYSOS. Um, before Paul was on, we were just talking about your apprenticeship and how you got involved in the electrical side of things. Um, tell us a little bit then moving on, because we're going to go through some of the photographs, etc. But moving on... Um, you then started, am I right, am I wrong? You were involved with Only Fools and Horses. What happened was I finished my apprenticeship. I took six months out. I went to Benidorm to work and out on, you know, just doing flies on the beach. I, I worked in a, um, a cafe, a restaurant type thing, bar and that, and I used to be the chef. And I used to make the omelettes and the minute steaks. And um, they used to say, I make the meanest omelette in Benidorm. <laughs> only... There's no end to your skills. Well, yeah, I only used one egg. That's how mean <laughs> it was. <laughs> well, that was that tight you only breathed in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that was very tight. Uh, but, of course, then beyond that, how did, how did you stumble across getting involved with what is a, a massive, still today, mm -hmm. so many people watch it. I mean, at one time, there was like one of their episodes over Christmas did about 28 million viewers. It wouldn't happen today because people, you know, consume television totally differently. But how did you get involved in that and what was it like? I am, um, back in 1980, I joined the BBC as a film lighting electrician. That is where Only Fools and Horses... Uh, one Foot in a Grave and you know, Light Entertainment and dramas we used to do. And um, we should go all over the world doing documentaries. I was with the Olympic team in 83 in Lanzarote. They were doing heat training for um, Los Angeles Olympic Games. So I just got involved and, I, and I, as I was, I was an electrician. Well, what happened was in 1999, big jump here, um, BBC Bristol were looking for a group of lads, builders, to come and start this DIY SOS. So you had Chris, Jules and Bob from um, Bristol, uh, from Devon, sorry, yep, yep. went up to Bristol. But they wanted a BBC spark, so they found my office up in London and they, there was 50 of us, remember, and they said, oh, have you got a spark, bit, bit this, bit that? And they said, yeah, we'll send you Billy. So... Um, they lucky enough they came up and interviewed me in my house, and um, my wife Elaine, she was a um, spot welder. She used to be a welder doing all the all, <laughs> the, all the gimbals, and you know in the lampshade. Oh yeah, gimbals. The yeah. gimbals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she used to spot weld them anyway. She come home early that day, and it was so hot. She just went up, had a bath, laid on the bed, and I never thought about it. Now Rachel come from. BBC Bristol, to interview me, see what I'd done. So I was shown around the house. I said, no, oh. we've done this, we've done that. And I thought, oh, i put a fan in that bedroom. I'll show her that. No! And I got and said, as we opened the door, all you hear is the language. What? <laughs> and, of course, 
Rachel's got now this um, camera no. and she's filming and Lainey's there with nothing on the, <gasps> on the bed. So that didn't get in the edit somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I, I knew it, no. Like, that must have been a big shock to her. Uh, so then you, you got involved with DIY SOS, of course. Um, in terms of DIY SOS, you could never have believed it would become the juggernaut that, that it did. No, it, it, um, as I said, we've, when we first started, it, it was only going to be six shows, one episode. But Nick is such a wonderful man. He's such a generous man. And um, he looked for bigger things. He looked for bigger things. What can we do next? What can we do next? Let's get involved in a big build. Let's get families together, you know, instead of just giving someone a kick up the bottom, saying, come on, you can sort this out. And we do two rooms. All of a sudden, it come this big build, and um, through Nick and through a lot of people he knew, of builders and um, merchants and everything, they supplied us with materials. And then we kicked on again. Nick's ag again an idea. We do Veteran Village, you know. We do yeah. a whole street, and it's all revolved around Nick. And you know, he's really pushed us, pushed us, pushed us on, and. That is where the end and be end of all it is. It is Nick Knowles that keeps pushing the barriers. Yeah, and, and, it's, and it goes through. on and on and on. Now, the thing is, at the minute, um, obviously, we, we've got, um, you know, the cost of living crisis, prices of materials are all over the hockey. Um, it, it's just generally very difficult now for such a lot of our industry. We, I, I obviously um, get feedback from you know, electricians, from plumbers, from bricklayers, plasterers, about what their life is like at the minute. Uh, how How is it that you can still attract all... Because they give of their time for free, yes. right? Yep. Which, which you've got to applaud them for, all the trades that come and help you guys. But do you notice now, in comparison to, say, even a couple of years ago, do they, do they seem a little bit more stressed out, some of the, some of the trades? Do you, do you get that vibe that, they, that it's a bit more of a struggle? Um, I don't know. It might be a relief. Do you know what I mean? For, definitely, yeah. It could be a relief. They've, An escape. It's, yeah, they're not getting paid, so they haven't got any targets to it. They ain't, they're not going to... They're losing money, yes, obviously, but they, they're not letting anyone down. They're not going to um, go home thinking, oh, I could have earned £1,000, whatever. They've thought, wow, look what we've done. Look how we've put this family back together. Sorry. And, and they're proud of that. And they're proud of that. They're proud of that. And we have got a name through Chris, Jules, and the boys, Mark, as well, you know, they've worked on it. And people, they come and see if we do work. Do they really work? Do they, I mean, Chris, Jules, they didn't non-stop. And Chris is so good at organising everything, getting all the boards ready and everything. Me, I, I do all the sparking, as you know. And... Um, but I'm not the governor. When the boys turn up, I say, who's signing the, the job off? Because you have to do testing and everything, sign it off. And someone will step forward, Simon Bell from Derby, Sam Clancy, Manchester, Matt Francis, uh, Matt Garner. All, I've got my sparks that just will turn up all the time. Sam come and done That's the children. That's so good. Yep, Sam come and done the children in need in Leeds. And he lives in Manchester. But he ran that job and he was there a week before and he was there a week afterwards working. Um, I don't know, it's just one of these things. They're not there to be on telly. 
They're not there. They're there to help his family, and people uh, relate to what's happened to their the, their family that's happened to other families, and they can relate to it. And they just say, right, where do you want me? I don't even, you know, we've had people when we done Welling Garden City one. They just said they're all tradesmen, but we had a lot of tradesmen. Said, right, we'll clear the site. We'll keep the site clean, and that is one of the biggest step steps you can do keep the site clean so people can go in and work yeah and it's it's amazing it, it just i stand back and look and think wow wow look we've built a monster a good monster yeah you know yeah a monster that everyone wants to get involved and it's in. a massive group effort as well the, the reason i'm asking this question is because a lot of our guys are going through a lot of stress at the minute. I get a lot of feedback. Our messages, they're, they're stressing out because obviously with the cost of living crisis, a lot of their customers are pulling off, uh, pulling back from the jobs. So they've got less and less jobs. We've got a terrible, in our industry at the minute, and, and I don't want to bring this down, but in our industry at the moment, we're losing uh, 10 of our industry a week, Billy, 10 of our industry a week to suicide. That's just, yeah, no, that's a shock. It's a shock. But that's the latest, that is the latest um, stats that we have, that we're now losing 10, just purely due to the stress of the whole thing. Do you ever find you've got regular faces still coming to, um, you know, to, to do the jobs with you? Have you ever been in a situation where you've spotted somebody's not quite the, what, what they were the last time you met them? Or do, do, you ever, do you ever broach any subjects like that? If they're looking a little bit stressed out or they're worried about stuff, do they talk to you about it? I haven't come across it. I haven't come across it because if they have got these problems, when they come to DIY, they can see the problem that we're fixing. Yes. So they know, wow, there are people worse, worse off. off than us. So, I mean, we chat, we talk and everything, but I never hear of anything like, oh, at home, I'm not at home. Yeah. No, you don't hear nothing like that. They're here for one thing, and that's... To enjoy themselves, yeah. to forget the stress behind, but they're talking to other trades as well. They might talk about it within themselves, but they don't talk to me personally. And Chris, they might talk to Chris, they might talk to Jules. But um, I've never heard that. All I know is if, if you want to do a job and, and it, someone says, can I just get in there? You step back and go, yeah, you get in there, I'll yeah. just follow you. Because yeah. no one's got any targets or deadlines. Yes. And it's just... And it's all for the positive good as well. Exactly. So it's full of positivity, isn't it? Uh, because we always say that in our trades, we're always great because it's so macho of, of putting on this mask of, of everything's hunky-dory and everything's fine. I only learned about all this when I joined Fix. It was just something that came out of the blue. Guy rang into the studio, said, look, you know, my father committed suicide. I was shocked. He was 52, didn't realise all was going on in the background of his business. And he said, I'll run it for two years and I feel the same. And I thought, I've never, I'd been in the building trade. I never heard of anything like that. And then when we delved into it with the people from the Lighthouse Club uh, who, who help our industry, they'll put food on the table and help them out if they're struggling. Uh, then they gave us those stats and I was thinking, boy, that is a big shock. So I was just wondering if you ever got a vibe, but because you've got all that positivity and you're writing what you're saying, they're working for people who are worse off than themselves. And so therefore, it, it's also, it could be like a, a, a light bulb moment, really, to go, actually, I'm all right. And also, they're meeting other trades and they're meeting their own trades from different areas. And um, one of them might say, well, I'm struggling a bit for work. Right, I've got work, 
come and join me, you know, and they share the work. That. That's they a community. Share the work. Yeah, come and join me. I can give you five days, I can give you a week. I love that. Whatever, you know. Uh, now then, we just, uh, we've got to get on to a couple of other things while, while we're at it. Uh, in terms of the volume of trades that come and help you guys, can it sometimes be chaos or is it well organised? Because sometimes you've got like five, six sparks, you probably have about ten plasterers. I spoke to Chris Freddy Arney. Chris, of course, does a show here on Fixed Radio every Friday. Um, uh, the plastering show, and and he says, you know, there's so many bodies around. Is is that sometimes very difficult? Never get in Chris's way. T- <laughs> Never ever get in Chris's way, or walk into one of his walls. He's just plastered. All hell is let loose. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I've never seen that side of Chris. So, oh, gosh. so, so now you've told us that. That's, that's interesting. He, um, yes, he is super guy graphs and everything and um he's get out of my way get out of my way you know and um because we we have targets when we sh- we work in now my sparks will come in the plumbers will come in and we try and get all the first fix done because we know on wednesday morning thursday morning there's going to be 20 borders come through that door and we've got to give them rooms and it's right it's right because we've only got 10 days We've got to give them a room. We could start at 7 o'clock in the morning and work to 9, half 9 at night. Get that target. Make sure we got target. So when Chris's blaster has come in, let him have it. Let him have it. Let's get out of his way. Let him have it. We can always do something else because there's always lights and electrics in the garden. Yeah. <coughs> and and uh, to be far away from Chris when he starts, you've got to be. Yeah. Uh, just don't mess up on the first or second fix uh, is, is the key where the plastering is concerned. Uh, so that's interesting that everything is well organised, even though there's a multitude of trades on some of these major jobs. There's a multitude going on there, so it's really well organised. How does Gabrielle fit into this? Because she is a lone female, really, in your team uh, as the designer, and I know she takes a lot of stick. I know there's you've made a, you know the team have done a lot of pranks on her and things. She told me that. Gabrielle is a special person. She is special. Um, um, all our designers are very special. I mean, if they, um, they're the governors. They're the boss. They're the ones that says, this is what I want. <laughs> this is what I want. And you've got to do it. And the times when you've wired the kitchen, you put all sockets in, all nice and everything, so you think, now I want that move because I'm putting something there now and that's in the way. And you think, you can't do it, Gabrielle. And then she just flats her eyelids. And then her cheeks go all red. <laughs> and it. then you go, oh, all right. And um, that's why she gets away with it. But she is so good at what she does. And I don't, know, I don't see what she sees when she looks at what the room's got to look like and where she's got to put everything. These designers, hoist. interior designers, are pretty oh, good, aren't she's they? She's amazing. You know, she's got to allow for hoist, allow for lifts. She's got to allow for rooms for wheelchairs. Anything that um, something disabled, she, she's got to allow it, and she's asking us to build it for her. So yes, she deserves the last word. What, in terms of, it's all very emotional, of course, uh, on the reveal day. What has been the, to you? Can you remember one that was particularly emotional, big standout? They, they've all got their own merits, and they are, as you say, they're all very, very emotional. My one is um, Enfield and um, the couple there, we put in a lift and everything for 
I've seen names are gone now, you know. Um, yeah. Gosh. Don't worry about that. Um, Davina, the wife. Eric, Eric, Eric. Eric, he, he, um, he oh, I can't remember now. Uh, but that is, I'm sorry, that's, it's the one that sticks out in my head, in my head how we worked hard for him. And Eric, he had a neurone disease. disease. yeah. And we did lose him, but we gave him another five years, you know. And um, his daughters have gone on to do so well afterwards and everything. But Eric Rivers, that's the one, and Davina, that is in my mind most of the time. But another aspect of this is we were doing a lift down in um, Arundel, Hampshire, miles and miles away. Because we lost Eric, Davina offered us the lift that, De uh, that um, <sighs> Eric had. And so we said, we need it. So she got the lift out and... Um, the people who put it in, brought it down That's to so Hampshire, and we put it in another house. So it didn't get wasted. Yeah. And um, it's now in the house with this beautiful, beautiful lady that's full of life, who lost her, you know, her, her feelings and everything from her hip down. And, um, yeah, Eric Rivers and Davina and the children stick out really a lot in my mind. And it makes it so worthwhile when you see the reveal because you're in the thick of it, you're doing all the prep, you're doing all the work inside and then when it's finished and you stand back and you look at it, it's now, because I always say our industry, we've got the best tradespeople in the world and that's not being biased, I've seen plenty of work like you have across the world so I know that our tradespeople are the best in the world and I always think they're artists as well when you think about it plasterers. I mean, for Sparks, it's a bit more difficult because they don't see most of the work. It's hidden. You cover it is, up. You cover I? it over. Yeah. Uh, and, and I have to say, Sparks on this on our show, they take some stick, I'm telling you now, uh, because, you know, they, they reckon that they like their cigars with the 20-pound note and all that sort of no, thing. No, that's the plumbers. That's the plumbers. <laughs> We've see, only got fivers. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, uh, again, the Sparkies always have a go at the plumbers. It's brilliant. Uh, back and forth. Uh, but when you actually stand back and you see the work and then you see the emotion of the contributors, the people who you've done the work for, oh, man, it, it must be such a endorphin filler. It's, you, you, take a the, you take a step back, and I'm one of the first to go, oh, you know, it, it, it gets to you, it's personal, it's, it's brilliant. And everyone there, that's why everything is so good. Everything's 100%. All the workmanship's 100% because they want this family back together without any hardships and what they've um, done to the house. The uh, family can use it, you know. There's no use doing something that's not going to work in three months or the wall's going to fall down or something like that. Yeah. That is why it, it, they're so professional, so professional. And the way it's organised, it's, it's done that way. You know, it, the emotions do run high and one of them... Best parts of DIY SOS is at the end, when we've the crowds welcomed the family and everything, and that at the end of the, and Nick walks to the back of yeah. the crowd, and the words he says, he does his oh outro, gosh, fantastic, you know, that and when because we don't hear that till we watch it, yeah, and you go, four, you know, yeah. Emotion all over again. Yeah, we can't help everybody, but someone can help someone. You know, yeah. things, yeah. just little sayings like that, what he does, is, is, is brilliant. And that's what goes for, you know. It hits you again yeah. for a second time. Uh, so, 
as, as far as uh, we're concerned in terms of uh, fixed radio, um, I asked, uh, excuse me, uh, I asked uh, some of our guys... Is that gin or water? <laughs> I can't tell you that. <laughs> I can't tell you that. Uh, so we asked some of our guys if they've got any questions for you. Oh, okay. golly so gosh, we So yeah. we've picked a few out. Uh, from some of the uh, some of the tradespeople, uh, and we've got some questions for you that uh, hopefully you'll be able to ask. This from uh, Bowman Joinery says, "What's your best and worst experiences on DIY SOS?" You're going to say, "I haven't got any worst ones now, aren't you?" Well, I suppose when we haven't hit the deadline and we have to carry on, that is one of the um, worst um, positions to be in because you wanted to get the family back in. But it's usually the, the big jobs, the children in need or the um, the veterans yeah. which carry on. But um, disappointments, there's no disappointments. I'm sorry, but there are, I can't think of I, I would imagine I was going to say that. I yeah, there's no it's all It's all uplifting. It's all wow. You know, I don't want to sound cringy or something, but... You walk away, you're ten foot tall. Yeah, you know, yeah. and you're that wide. You're as wide as Clive. <laughs> <laughs> That's wide. That's wide. We have to shoot this in wide angle. But but I always say I'm good value if you widescreen telly. Exactly. So, yeah. Uh, to, no, the, the thing is that somebody was asking about how did the Prince of Darkness tag come around. This is very early on. <laughs> what happened was <laughs> when I was an electrician out on the roads. It used to be fuse boards where you pulled a fuse and the circuit was dead. But I've been in the film game for over 20 years when this, before this before DIY started. So obviously I went in and they got RCBs. So I just turned the breaker off and I'm testing everything, circuit's dead. But when I cut the cable, everything tripped. And I thought, well, what's happening there? So I had to find me nephew up and I said, Simon... Simon's a spark. <laughs> Simon's right. a spark, yeah. yeah. Oh, so am I, so am I, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so, listen, I worked with you in, in, nine, in 2005 on the Ideal Home Show. Oh, my gosh. When you were with um, Vic Reeves' wife. You were on stage with Vic Reeves' wife, do you remember? Yeah, She's yeah. gone on to do great things. I can't oh. remember her name now, but uh, you were wiring. Mrs. Reeves. Mrs. Reeves. You were wiring, got a camera above your head. Uh, on stage, massive audience in those days, and we were talking about rewiring a plug top. The thing is, you can't do that today, but we're rewiring a plug top. And uh, neutral was going into live, and live was going into neutral. And I thought, this is a wind-up, Billy. Because I come on stage going, it's a wind-up, isn't it, Billy, this? And, he, oh, uh, my God. and you, went, you went, I think it was just, the thing was, it, in front of a live audience like that, it was pressure. And I was going, that ain't right. And you went, oh, no, 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 it's not. I was thinking, that isn't real. When you come backstage, I thought, you did that on purpose, didn't you? And I yes, don't think of course, of course. Yeah, so that's how it was. Uh, but, yeah, so so anyway, going back to that, what sort of damage did that end up doing? Well, obviously, I phoned it and said, oh, Uncle Billy, you're getting an imbalance between the earth and neutral. So what you do is you either take the neutral out or take the earth out and, and carry on with the circuit if you want to cut it or don't cut it. So, of course, I went back and said, oh, sorry, lads, I just remember, yeah, I'll, it's an imbalance. So what I'll do is I'll just take it as if I knew, you know. They didn't sort of... Um, but when I first started, I had a little book and there was easy ways to wire a house. Come on! 
Yeah. Well, I hadn't done it for 20 odd years. I've been in a film game, which is plug and play. I've done all feature films. You'd already got the gig, Billy. You'd already got the gig. No, and I took the switch off a downstairs and the switch off upstairs (laughs) to see what two way wiring was. Yeah. And of course, it was old old school. Is black and red. It's blue and brown. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, <laughs> and sleeving a lot of sleeving. Yeah. But obviously, I went. What happened was, I thought, wow, being on telly, I've got to be up with it. I've got to be much dated. So I went to the NICE, I see, which is a body yeah, 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 covering yeah. all electricians, and then I did my seventeenth edition, my eighteenth edition, my two three one nine, yes, testing and everything. Yes, yeah, yeah, and. Um, Never made a mistake since. I love that. The fact that you've got a gig as the electrician on the BBC. Don't tell right? anyone. Don't no, tell anyone. No, we need this. It's great. It's a great reveal. Keep it's it. A, you've heard it here first. It's a secret. No, it's not. <laughs> well, it is between us and yeah. the two million people listening. Well, let's make it three million. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, the fact that, that... I just love that. You see, I'd have, just sort of thought to me, I'd have panicked. I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have thought of going down to the bookshop and going uh, how to rewire a house. <laughs> no, yeah, and they caught me in the back of the van looking at it. And Chris, who did the producers or yeah, the camera and everything. Chris brought him over and said, "Have a look." And like, Chris Frodiani brought him over. <laughs> yeah. Wow, my best mate. <laughs> wow, I tell you what, I love that. I absolutely. That is. I always think I, I was faking it. I, I still think I'm faking it now. Yeah. Uh, and that's faking it till you make it, and you definitely made it. I love that story. Uh, right, okay, so this one's um, from Has No Skills says, what's the most expensive thing you've actually blown up? What, oh, what the only thing I can actually say, maybe it was a, um, see, people might not know what an 18K light is. It's a, a film light, and it um, costs thousands of thousands of pounds, and... Um, I think a couple of bubbles blew, <laughs> which expensive. cost. They, they were, uh, if it's a six k, they're six hundred pound. If they're a twelve k, they're twelve hundred pound. And I done eighteen k. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you can work that out for yourself. Uh, this one from Warren Thorne says, "How did you become part of DIY SOS? We've already been through that, yeah. so we know that question. Very lucky. Um, Dan, <laughs> Dan from the Job and Knock podcast uh, says, "Favorite butty from the calf." If you what's your favourite butty? Oh, it's got to be egg and bacon. Egg and bacon, it is. Uh, Dougal says, "How do you feel about the terrible new houses being built today compared to when you started out?" And you would have seen some changes. I've seen plenty. I just think they're built at a speed that people are demanding them to be built out. They're not brick interiors. They're stud walls and everything. Um, it's. It is what it is. It's the way everything's going, revolving. It's revolving into, you know, let's get this job done, let's get this building done, you know. The old days, because of the cold weather, that you had thick walls. But now where you've got all installation, central heating, it, it's not the same as building a brick wall. Yeah. You you build a stud wall, you know. Yeah. But obviously... And the soundproofing, you put soundproofing in, but it's not the same. It's not the same. And and when you want to put a picture on the wall, it's hard to find somewhere to get a good fix in. Yeah. But, um, oh, it is def- definitely. It's, um, it's just a way of life now. It's just a way of life. It's quickness. It's um, sustainability. that You can live in it. And, you know, but obviously the old brick ones and everything, 
they used to have um, big heaters, didn't they? Them storage heaters and everything, yeah, which were ugly, ugly and horrible and, and took a, a lot of electricity. They did. And That's a lot of bricks. Yes. <laughs> no, so the bricks were poor quality as well. I mean, the, mo the mo new modern ones, there is some modern ones still out there today, that they're m much more compact and they don't use as much electricity and they, they release the heat better than those old ones. They were blooming awful. Uh, this one um, coming in from Trust Body Tools says... What are your thoughts on construction unions? Would you have a thought on construction unions? Um, I know what's happening at the moment, and um, I've obviously got my thoughts about it. I'm a very strong union person, um, and at the moment there are so many people going on strike. Um, this is my opinion, but when they read what's happened through COVID, with a lot of people making lots and lots and lots and lots of money... And um, and you're only asking for five or six or seven percent increase, and um, they're they're fighting you for doing that. For the people who actually work seven hour seven o'clock to seven o'clock at night, they're the people that are running the country. They're they're the yeah. sparks, your plumbers, your um, ambulance, your NHS, your fire brigade, your police. They're the people that are keeping the country going by keeping order and getting work done. You know, and you've got people that sit in Parliament and their second job, they get more money for that yeah. than you do for your first job. But when you come home, you shut that door, you're shattered. You couldn't go out and do another job. No. So let's look after the layman's, yeah. us, you know? Yeah. Let's look after us. And if we're working and we're happy, the country's working, the country's happy. And when they read, you do make millions of pounds on PPE and things that have yeah. gone yeah. the wrong way. I'm sorry, I don't want to get political or anything, but... You yes. have no choice these days. You have no choice You've these You've got days. to compare what you get to compare what someone yeah, else is getting. Ex exactly. I, think I, I absolutely agree with you there. Uh, Johnny Rambo's a bit cheeky. He says, are most sparks failed plumbers? I was going uh, <laughs> to... We're not live, are we? <laughs> we're not live. All right, a plumber's an electrician with his bollocks kicked in. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Here we go. I love it. I love the, I love the spirit. Uh, Des Walker says, with so many trades grouped together, are there any fallouts? Oh, of course there is. There is. Oh, on DIY? Yeah. Yes, we have our rows. Oh, yeah, we will have our rows, and you'll see it. <laughs> and um, nothing's hidden from it. But as a team, we're very close. And, you know, we we talk through it ourselves. We're round through it, if you want. We're yeah. round through something. But um, we all, in the end, yeah, that's right. We, yeah, oh, I'm sorry, I've done it wrong. Or Chris would say, sorry, I was a bit... Or Jules, or Nick. Well, no, Nick's never wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Nor's the designer, by yeah, the way. Yeah. It's just me, Chris and Jules. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's of course we do. It's it? going to happen. You know, You've got all the different personalities and everything else. Yeah. It's going to happen somewhere along the line. Uh, finally, this one from Lenny says, uh, Lenny's a brickie, says, with material prices through the roof, are suppliers still happy to supply for free? Are you finding difficulty there or not? Electrical-wise, no. Um, Electrical-wise... Um, I go to a, a big electrical accessories place that makes them Skullmore. They have helped us out so, so much. And um, 
if if I need 20 sockets, 20 light switch in a special uh, mode they make, that's there the next day. No quibbling, no nothing. Skullmore have kept us afloat like all the other um, merchant people. Yeah, They've yeah. kept us afloat. and um, Through difficult times. For, exactly. These are hard times. We know that. We know yeah. that. And um, But they are... And they don't get any adverts. They don't get no advertising. You don't see no, credits. You don't yeah. see credits of uh, lighting and electrical goods. Skullmore, yeah. yeah. you know, or or it, it's CEF or, you know, whoever. Um, it does get blanked it. out, even when they're delivering. Oh, and, and if you've got any livery on you, you know, the, 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 the loads of, when I was doing a, a show on with BBC, uh, everybody used to turn up, the builders who were giving their time, used to turn up with all their livery on their back. Brand and, new, and, brand and, new, yeah, isn't it? It's all brand, brand new. new. Brand new boots, <laughs> brand new workwear. No, sorry, mate, you, you can't have that. They walk on it like that. Yeah, yeah, right. it, yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it hits them. They can't have it, uh, Billy. So let, let's go now to uh, your, your personal life because we're we're now in a situation where we've got loads of memories in front of you, loads of, of uh, various pictures. Right. Oh. Uh, but tell us a little bit first of all about you've got a, um, a back of a, a writing pad there by the look of things that's got signatures on. Now on the other side, it was a frame with um, a picture of Chloe. And a picture of Emma. Okay. And um, what did I was working on the Parkinson's show. I was lucky enough to be on there. And um, Parkinson's show. Michael uh, Parkinson. A, yeah, Michael yeah. Parkinson as a lighting engineer. Yeah, I, d- yeah. I was doing the light. Yeah, yeah. who's lighting the stage and the change of lighting and things like that. We go in, we d- we set it all up, and then all Michael c- comes on, and then um, all his guests come on. Let's just let's just hold that up to let's just hold that up to the camera just a minute, if I can. Uh, yes, I'll so, take that off you. So. so we've got talk us through some of the signatures that that are on this, uh, Billy. On these, well, I, the the most biggest one name that I know, obviously, is Bob Hope, who was an amazing, amazing character. And um, but the the one that really sticks in my mind that's always there is Olivia Newton John. Uh, we lost her, and uh, very, very sad. But the reason I say that is because I had the photos. And um, she signed Emma's, lots of love, Olivia Newton-John. And um, I think Olivia Newton-John's on this one. Is there? It's on both of them. Oh, it's on both of them, yeah. Yeah, I well, can see this that. is Emma. This is Chloe and Emma, Emma's, and that's yeah. Chloe. Yeah. And um, she said to me, Chloe, how do you spell Chloe? And I went C H L O E with an umlaut. So no, was she a guest on Parkinson as well at this time? Yes. Yeah. yeah. These all people. Oh, yeah. sorry, I'm yeah. not very good so, am I? No, no, it's fine. These are all guests on Parky. These are all guests on one show. This is one show. He's got Lee Trevino, Vicky Anderson was another yeah, dancer yeah, yeah. in that. Um, Bob Hope, Olivia Newton-John, and there's one other one, I can't remember. But Olivia Newton-John, she said to me, wow, Chloe, what a beautiful name. If I ever have a daughter, I would call her Chloe. And you, you go, oh, yeah. Eight years later, she had a daughter and called her Chloe. Do you know how I know that? Because when she oh. passed away, her daughter was... Uh, they were doing an interview with her daughter, Chloe. So when you said that, I was thinking, that is amazing, isn't it? That's a... That's, that's, that's a real... That, God, mate, I tell you what, that is an absolute tribute. She's yeah. lovely as well. She is brilliant. She oh, obviously... Okay. Obviously, she was she was gutted and, and, and very sad. But that is a fantastic, phenomenal story, straight away. 
How good is that? Now, talking, talk us through, uh, as long as it's not too difficult for you, but do, just talk us through uh, your daughters as well, and, of course, Chloe, uh, and, 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 and tell us what happened there. Oh, Chloe, it, you know, Chloe, she's got two children now. Um, yeah. And but Emma, she was our eldest. We lost Emma. She had cancer. At what age? Right, hey, listen. 20. 20. 20. Yeah, I should, you know, gosh, she gave us 20 beautiful years. And I, I, can, I can talk without getting yeah. emotional, but Mate, I, it's listen, hard. If it, if it happened to, to my daughter, she's, she's 28 now, oh, I don't know what I'd do. No. So, well, this picture, I remember we're going to um, Germany to do a film called The Kinder, and um, Emma slipped. A UB40 tape in my um, bag, and that's when we used to have the cassette players and yeah, everything yeah, like yeah. that. You yeah. know, this is '89, and um, I played it and I played it, and it had eight tracks on one side and seven on the other. And it usually has seven and seven, so I played them. And Kingston Town was on it. Brilliant track. So I phoned home. I said, "God, Emma's gave me this tape. Did you know there's a song called Kingston Town?" He said. Yeah, Dad, you've been away that long. It's number one in hip parade yeah. in England, you know? Yeah. And um, that, that was... Um, that we, we lost Emma in 1996, you know, she was 20. But she, she was a beautiful girl. She was a beautiful girl and lots of friends. And her best friend, Lindsay, and her family, we are still so, so close, you know? And it's, it's just a beautiful... Alaka, Alec, not Alaka, well, it's, it's, it's really beautiful that people remember Emma. You know? Yes. And, they, yes. And, and, and it's well, quite a few it's, years, it's an, 27, it's a real 27 years ago, you know, sort of thing. 27 years ago, but 20 years old, God. I know. It's bless tough, her. mate. Um, and so, yeah, bless you, you know, and, and I'm sure, you know, she's watching down and dead proud of her dad and what he's done and, and the family and, and, and what they do. Uh, I think is is phenomenal. Oh, uh, thank you very much. Um, ju just just briefly before we get onto the book, because you've, <laughs> you've given me you've given me a you've very kindly uh, given me a copy of the book. Uh, but there's a few other little interesting photographs here. Just I'm going to lift them up, and as I show them to the camera, uh, just talk us quickly through them. That's me in Berlin when we was doing a film called The Kinder, and um, they were actually taking the wall down in 1989. And um, we'd film a, film a sequence, go to lunch, come back to pick up the sequence, and the wall was missing where they'd knocked <laughs> it down. <laughs> it had gone down. <laughs> it had already gone down. Did you get a piece of it? Did we did, yeah. but I think Emma, one of the children, took it to school and never saw it again. <laughs> ah, yeah, I've still got mine. Uh, wow. So tell, talk us about this one. That's uh, me in Saudi Arabia with a group of sparks and everything. I was out there in 77. And the story comes to mind, a couple of stories come to mind. Um, when I was leaving to go on a train, my wife Elaine had been with her sister-in-law and found out that she was pregnant. And as she was coming down the stairs saying, I'm pregnant, I'm expecting a baby, I was waving saying, bye-bye, I'll see you in three months, I'm off to Saudi Arabia. Wow. You know, and the other things in 77, um, 
Pat Jennings went to Arsenal. Yeah, <laughs> that was yeah, that was to be as gutting as, as it as it was for your family. who's going to have to wait three months before you see them. <laughs> uh, now this one's an interesting one, a very poignant one as well, and not only because you've got. Uh, um, well, you've got more air than me even now, but you've got a full head of dark air there. But where are you? I'm on the Twin Towers. I was at the top of the Twin Towers. We were doing a documentary in New York, and I was actually there and had the photograph. We set a camera up, and it had done a 24-hour shot of New York, and it speeded up and everything. And, um, th- and that was, well, obviously what happened... And um, I was on top of there. But the thing about New York, I was in the Gramercy Hotel in Lexicon and one first. And um, I went to the lift and um, Tavares was there. But one of my favourite people, Dave Barry, was there. And um, As you I, do. As you, yeah, I walked in. I mean, he clocked my like, London accent type thing. And he said, oh, what, what's your name? I said, Billy Byrne. He said, I'm Dave Bowers. Of course I know and everything. <laughs> and I'm Dave Bowie. Yeah, and it was brilliant and he was so nice. We got out of the lift. But the next time I saw him was 1989. That's why we got the German. Uh, inv- I saw him in Hamburg in the Holiday Inn and he come with his entourage off the bus. They were performing in Hamburg, were they? I don't, I don't know. He oh, just come up. Must have been. Yeah, he, yeah, he just come up. And I'm at the bar and he's at the bar and he looked over and he said, Billy? And I just went, oh, you know, you don't expect it. You don't expect yeah. things like that. And I said, yeah. He said, well, obviously, I said, New York was the last time we met. And um, obviously, he just whisked off. But that's the two times I've ever saw Dave Barry, one in New York and <laughs> I'd one I'd love to have just Hamburg. seen him once. Oh. Uh, pass me the one with the uh, dicky boat. Oh, gosh, that was... What's this all about? Because we won't be able to get through them all. That was the Blue, Blue Peter. They did have... Um, Hair design of the year and um, hair I, design of the year. And I had to go dressed up in the penguin suit as um, the film lighting electrician with me um, basher, me hand basher, which was a battery light. Then that was at um, the Dorchester. And you've got a blue Peter badge on there I've, as well. And I've still, oh, got, still it. got that. I've still got it. Interesting, yeah. mate. Uh, right, so we'll fast forward now because we're running out of time. So we'll, oh, fast gosh. Forward, we'll fast forward to the book. Uh, unless there's <laughs> any one specific picture you'd, you'd like to pick up on. In that lot, because you brought us loads um, there. I, I just brought them as a conversation, yeah. to be honest. That was where the good, the bad, the ugly was shot. Um, there was me with um, Joe Brown and the brothers. Joe Brown. Well, we done we done a documentary on Lonnie Donegan. Yes, the Lonnie skiffle Don- man. Yeah, Lonnie Donegan brought the four, the three keys to the guitar and everything. And that's where Joe Brown, Mark Knopfler, Joe Brown and the brothers. Them. Yeah, Mark Knopfler. Uh, yeah. He, that's we interviewed all them. And um, the other one was... Um, From Dire Straits. Yeah. And, um, oh, my God. Eric, not Eric Clapton. You're not going to say Eric Clapton. No, but not far off. Brown-Eyed Girl. You oh, yes. Brown-Eyed yeah, Girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Now, now I'm struggling to think. <laughs> Brown-Eyed Girl. Help. Help. Brown-Eyed Girls. Yeah, yeah Brown-Eyed Girl. It's <laughs> Irish. Uh, yeah. He was in Them. The yeah, first group, the, them. them. Yeah, so you <laughs> are you are really going back. You are really going back now. Van Morrison, is Van, that Morrison. Van Morrison. Van Morrison. I can see her looking out the window, walking by. And oh. what a, everybody's got a Van Morrison album. Surely, if they haven't, they should. What a classic. Now, talk us through the book next. Uh, tell us why you did it and what it's all about. Well, our, club, our golf club is a hundred years old. Um, this year. This Which year. golf club? Tell us. It's, it's Wellington City Golf Club. 
it's in Mandicots. It's um, it's been there as the very first golf club in Wellington City. We've now got three, but it's a hundred years old, and um, it goes back. What was nice is that the captain's first captain's great grandson was at the golf club, and people through history, all the relations were at the golf club, and um, I brought you the book because. There was another book launch. Did you hear about the other book launch? Something no. about siblings arguing and fighting and everything. But this book, there was no fighting or anything. It was just written. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Harry. Sorry, <laughs> William. Yeah. Of course, we need to talk about. We need to talk about William and Harry. Of course, we do. Of course, I know that book. Of course, I know that book. Do you know it's uh, half, it's half price now? <laughs> Yeah, is it? Yeah, go to a good bookstore now and get it half price. Wow, already. Another six months, you'll be yeah. able to get it off the. Um, um, oh, what's them shops? Uh, yeah, like, like uh, yeah, like the pound shops yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It'll be the chuck out. Uh, so so it, the, the book is to commemorate, obviously, uh, is it 100, 100 years, 100 years 100 of the golf years. club? Uh, lots of good pictures in there, including one of your good self. Yeah, I haven't read the book or anything, but on page 174. <laughs> <laughs> it's imprinted in his memory. In the left-hand corner is a picture of me, a Prince William and Prince Harry, when we met them up in uh, Manchester at Veteran Street. Yeah. And um, that's when I very first called them Sausage. And I've got a funny look, so I had to obviously rephrase it to royal sausage. Ha! I love that because <laughs> the thing that surprised me was, and I didn't realise this, but when I was watching the show when Prince William came on and he said to you, hello sausage, and I was thinking, I can't believe it. That was Grenfell Towers. That was, you know, we, oh, it was an amazing job at Grenfell Towers, amazing people helping, especially what a lot of them have been through. Yes, with indeed. the. But um, Prince William came down and Nick was there, obviously Chris, Jules, and he, as he went introducing Chris, Jules and Mark, and before he came to me, Prince William actually said, hello, sausage, and he shook my ass. I said, oi, that's my line. <laughs> but how, how proud are you then doing that? I mean, how I brilliant know. is he, though, down to earth to do something like that? To remember it. Exactly. I thought, do you know what? I was thinking to myself, when you get a knighthood next year, right, and the letter Please. comes through, right, <laughs> it, it, listen, it, he's listening, I know he is, right, uh, and he can stand in for his old man to come and put the sword on, yep. arise Sir Sausage. I think he's oh, got to be. It's, it's, it's a bit on everyone's tongue, wouldn't it? It would. <laughs> it would, mate, and very tasty at that. Uh, Billy, listen, uh, it's been brilliant talking to you. I've, I've couldn't wait to get you in the studio so we could have a chat. Um, uh, first of all, good luck with everything going forward with DIY SOS. You are a shining light oh, to, to our industry, and so are all the rest of the guys that help, and all the support team of our industry as well. Congratulations to them. Keep doing what you're doing. And all the people as well, the suppliers who are supplying everything, uh, you're doing a fantastic job. Uh, well, we, if, if, if we wouldn't exist if it weren't for our suppliers. Yeah. And the, and the way people actually give up their time for us, there wouldn't be a DIY SOS without them people. Yeah. And big love to you and your family. Oh, thank you. And uh, keep sending... A lot of people don't realise this, but Billy occasionally WhatsApps me with uh, tests. One of them was how many pairs of underpants you could put on with your work boots still on. With your work <laughs> boots still on. That's a taskmaster. We're doing a taskmaster thing yeah. between 
the builders of this lot, like the three electricians and Paul Hunt, of, who've been on lots of our DIY. We're the taskmasters, and we do we do competitions. I like wouldn't that. even. I don't even own that many pairs of boxes. <laughs> I'd, I'd have had to turn mine inside out, uh, which I do anyway uh, to save on washing. Gets you through the week. It gets you through the week. It does. Yeah. We seven day boxes, uh, and uh, also climbing beer crates and things like that. Um, oh um, yeah, putting the radio right yeah. at the top. Oh mate, I tell you what, they make me howl. Uh, listen, it's always great uh, talking to you, Billy. Thank you so much. Hopefully, we'll we'll catch up with you again in the near future, ladies and gentlemen. The brilliant Billy Byrne. Oh, thank you very much, Clive. Thank you, Clive. And the same comments to you, sausage. You're really good. <laughs> hey, thank you, mate. Thank you for that.